Hello Saints, Todd here with SafeguardYourSoul.com. Thank you so much for tuning in. We are so blessed to have these moments together in the Word of God. And remember, Saints, there's nothing, there's nothing, no thing happening on God's planet that is even remotely as important as the work of the gospel and feeding the sheep of Jesus Christ for whom he died to save so that they can grow in grace, they can be edified, they can be equipped for the work of the ministry according to the scriptures. And let me just guarantee you this one thing, by the grace of God, this outreach will continue to unapologetically endeavor to preach the whole of the word of God, regardless of who gets offended or not in Jesus name. And please remember that your prayers and support are vital to this operation. Thank you. Welcome to this edition of the Safeguard Your Soul podcast, which is sure to be life-changing by the Word and Holy Spirit of God. Safeguard Your Soul is a Christ-centered storehouse containing Scripture-rich resources to feed and equip Christ's saints in this late hour. This ministry is solely supported by individual disciples who desire to see God's Word spread to many in view of the soon return of Christ. We pray you will be blessed by the Word of God in this message. Here's Todd. In this segment, I want to talk to you for just a few minutes about how to recognize a fake Bible. Friends, there are literally hundreds of fake Bibles in the English language as if God was confused and he didn't know what he wanted in his Bible. It's absolutely ridiculous that cast doubt on the character of God, among other abominable things, the Bible tells us that God is not the author of confusion. So, did God give us his word in our language as he promised to preserve it in our language? In Psalm chapter 12, verse 6 and 7, that's going to be a really key passage for you to really embrace and know and memorize and meditate upon and know exactly where it is so that when you defend the faith, you're able to refer people and give them the Holy Scriptures. That is, again, Psalm chapter 12, verse 6 and 7. Let me read it to you. Psalm 12, 6 and 7, the words of the Lord. This is a prophecy. The words of the Lord are pure words as silver tried in a furnace of earth, purified seven times. Thou shalt keep them, O Lord. Thou shalt preserve them from this generation forever. So God says here that he's going to preserve his word to our generation. It's going to be the words of the Lord, pure words, tried in a furnace of earth, purified seven times. Now, what Bible would that refer to in our language, which is English? I believe, as many do, and many, many more every day are coming to this knowledge, that that could be none other than the King James Bible, friend. And it's really not so much about the King James Bible as it is about the Textus Receptus. That's a term meaning the received text, or 98 percentile of all the manuscripts available is where the King James Bible comes directly from. You see, friends, what new Bibles do, they are changed words, changed from what God intended and transmitted out of his own mouth. The Bible says, man shall not live by bread alone, but by, notice, every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Matthew 4, 4, when those words are altered, 
it develops and fosters and imbues people with a false image of God. This is absolutely deadly. Our image of God, if you will, etched on the canvases of our hearts is to only come from the Holy Scriptures. But throughout his word, God says that you have perverted the words of the living God to his false teachers there in Jeremiah 23, 36. They had perverted the words of the living God, which is what Satan and his human agents in Judaic leadership in the name of Christ today on the New Testament have done. That's what they have done. They have changed the word of God, which is the work of Satan, of a absolute certainty. Genesis 2 and 3 tell us, 2, 17, 3, 1, and 4. So we We must allow God to speak for himself. And this is actually what the remnant will always do. They will listen to God. They have the Holy Ghost in them. They have repented. And so he's removed the veil of that blinds them. Those who do not turn their hearts to the Lord fully are going to be blinded. That's why some of us wonder at times, how in the world could these pastors be using these Bible versions that are not even of God? They're of Satan. Well, they're in darkness, friend. Chapter 3 of Second Corinthians gives us insight. He says that when the heart turns to the Lord, the veil will be removed. When a person turns their heart to the Lord, the veil that once clouded them and their thinking in darkness will be removed and they will be able to see. New versions of the Bible, the corrupted new versions, are apostasy. The great falling away, Second Thessalonians chapter 2, is coming on the wings of new Bibles. We've got more Bibles in existence, not only in number, but in translations, and yet we have a great falling away. See, the root determines the fruit. We're seeing the fruit. Anybody who truly knows the Lord knows that much of that which professes to be the church of the Lord is absolutely apostate. And how do you think that happened? Just put two and two together. It came on the wings of these fake Bibles. When you change the words, you change the message. We need to fear the Lord and allow him to speak for himself and never alter in any way a jot or a tittle of his word. If your pastor still uses a new version, I know you love him, but God loves you and you should love him more than you love any mere man, including myself for sure. This man's in darkness. Any man who is teaching from and still using a new version is in darkness. He has no discernment. He's blinded due to his own refusal to turn his heart transparently and without reserve to the Lord. Otherwise, if he did, the veil would be removed. Using a new version of the Bible, a corrupted new version, is absolutely bad fruit. And this man needs to be called lovingly to repent and to be shown the three verses I'm going to show you that make it crystal clear as to what a true Bible and a fake Bible are. You're going to be armed and dangerous when you finish this message, if you'll listen and embrace what's being shared. So there are approximately 5,000 manuscripts in existence today, which manuscripts were meticulously copied out as God would have it and bring in his prophetic word. He foretold that he would preserve his word to our generation, to every generation. And he did that in our language, English, and to the English speaking people. Now, the question is which one or ones of all these hundreds of English Bibles, they got new ones that come out every month, laughably, which one or ones is actually God's word to us? I'm going to show you in this message exactly how to discern 
which Bible is God's and all the other counterfeits with just three verses that I'm going to give you to test, to go immediately look for. Because every day we have people, I know I do, claiming that, oh, I like this version. Oh, I like this version. You know, it's never, it's hardly ever the King James Bible. People are so deceived. They love these little dainty fairy tale messages and how soft they are and how they remove the word repent and they bring no conviction. See, people love their dark, unrepentant lives. They don't want to change. They're not willing to truly do what Jesus said you must do to follow him. And that's lay down your life. Repent and lay down your life and follow him. And whosoever of you that forsakes not all that he has, he cannot be my disciple. Luke 14, 33. They don't want to do that. See, as Paul foretold, they do not want to endure sound doctrine. That means hold themselves accountable to sound doctrine. So they love these little fairy tale versions that read like a little storybook. That's how you know counterfeit tears. When you meet someone that is a King James Bible believer, in many cases, not all, it's because they have laid down their life and truly repented and they want the sharp sword of the word of God. They understand that they are dead and their lives are hid with Christ and God and that God has a deep circumcising work to do in them. And so they want that sword of the spirit, which is the actual real word of God, not some butter knife new version, if you will, cutting away the foreskins of their heart, Jeremiah 4.14, and doing away, cutting out the things in their lives that doesn't belong, sanctifying them. Jesus said, sanctify them through thy word. Thy word is truth, John 17.17, as he was praying to the Father. So how can your heart truly be being circumcised if you're not really reading the real word of God. You're reading some cheap counterfeit. How? It can't possibly be circumcised if you aren't in the real word of God. This could not be more important that you identify what is the real Bible and what's not. Let me just say something. I'm not some guy that grew up in the backwoods of the Appalachian Mountains and was just taught this religion of King James, but it's not about the King James. It's about the manuscripts from which they came, which I'll touch on again in a minute. I grew up Catholic. They didn't allow the Bible. So I'm not coming from some stupid preference. This is a conviction based on comparison. And I'm going to give you the three verses. That's all you need if you're truly born again. These three verses I'm going to show you in just a minute to know what the real Bible is and what it's not. Now, notice there are 5,000 manuscripts, as I said earlier, 98% of which agree with each other nearly perfectly, 2% which don't. They've been corrupted by evil men in history named Origen, Westcott, and Hort. Origen being hundreds or more years ago, Westcott and Hort being in the 1800s godless men who didn't like what the Bible said. So they got in there and started stripping it, just like the, I believe it was Zedekiah in Jeremiah 36. It started, they found the scrolls of the word of God and he started cutting them up and throwing them into the fire. This is nothing new. Started in the Garden of Eden, where Satan was the first one to cast out on the word of God. He asked the man and woman, hath God said? In other words, there's his lead in, there's his seduction, there's his casting down on the word of God, and he changed it. If you look at Genesis 2.17 and 3.4, God said one thing, Satan added one word that changed the whole meaning to the man and woman. And they took the bait. And many of you listening to me have taken the bait. You think it's okay somehow that men have added to and taken away from God's word, the God you say you love. Well, let me tell you something. It is not okay. 
And I would fear for my soul if I was bidding Godspeed to a work, a so-called Bible that has added to or taken away from the Word of God. You better check this out. That's all I could say. Because if you bid Godspeed to a false teacher or false teachers or false works like that, then you're going to be partaker of their judgment. You're going to be part of it. That's 2 John, I believe it's verse 9 and 10. Never, if you love the Lord truly, you will never bid Godspeed to anything that is against him or anyone. So these manuscripts that have been corrupted, for example, the NIV is taken from them, those corrupted, small percentage of corrupted manuscripts. Isn't it interesting that all the new versions come from the corrupted manuscript? Why is that? Because the Bible says Satan walketh about seeking whom he may devour. Therefore, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, your enemy, the devil, as a roaring lion, seeketh whom he may devour. First Peter 5, 8. The scripture tells us, speaking of the final last days, which we now live in, that Satan has come down with great wrath, knowing that he has but a short time. Revelation 12, 12, and perhaps in no other way, more severe and damning has he come down with great wrath by proliferating these false Bibles. If you go into what we call a Christian, so-called Christian bookstore today, you will see one little section with King James Bibles and a huge amount of these fake news make merchandise of you false Bibles. It's incredible. What does that tell us? Well, it tells us that the Bible is true, that Satan has come down with great wrath, knowing that he has but a short time. These few manuscripts are the foundation of all of these filthy new versions. And boy, they sell them through their seminary salesmen. And these guys, seminary has no foundation in the Word of God. There's no such thing as a seminary in the Word of God. Jesus' apostles never sent anybody to the seminary. Go look at that category on safeguardyoursoul.com for a whole lot more on that. But these guys become their salesmen. And then they sell these gullible students who then become the pastors and who are now the pastors in these churches. And 99% of them read from some fake Bible. That's immediately tells you they're apostate. They don't have enough discernment or conviction of the Holy Spirit to know. Well, maybe they just don't know. Well, I can tell you God has tried to and is trying to show them that, you know, the error of their ways. If you got the Holy Spirit in you, something's not right when you read and you're listening to him, I should say. Something is not right when you're reading these fake news Bibles. Something's missing. There's a lot missing. For example, the NIV removed 64,000 words. It's 64,000 words shorter than the King James Bible. And the best that they can do is say, oh, well, the King James Bible translators added those words. That is laughable. It almost doesn't even merit a response. You got to be kidding me. No, of the 5,000 manuscripts in existence, 98% of those have those texts and those words in those 98 percentile, the majority text, the textus receptus, the received text. They're there. And the King James is a direct translation, not what they call a dynamic equivalence, where men, mere sinful men, have decided what they think God really meant instead of just straight translation. In fact, let me give you a little nugget here. The King James Bible is the only English Bible in existence that's number one, not copyrighted because you can't copyright God's word. And the only reason why all the other ones are copyrighted is in order to earn royalties. It's all about the money. Anybody can create their own holy Bible these days, slap that on the cover 
and they're making sales. It's just that simple. Well, I kind of lost my place here. I had something else to say, and it slipped me. There's so much information to get out to the people on this, and but none more important here in a moment than when I give you the three verses that you can have as a fail-proof way of testing a Bible. Once you search this out and you know the Lord, it's going to be no question as to what the real Bible is. And you're going to be guarded against some better, better translation that comes out, uh, so they say, as if somebody could top what God did, some mere sinful man or council of men. Yes, the NIV committee, they try to make it sound formidable as if it really matters. A committee of theologians decided you ought to start laughing about right there. It's Especially in light of the fact, let me just give you a little taste of further evidence that these are of the devil. The Bible shows us in Genesis that it was the devil who changed the word of God. And anything having to do with the changing of the word of God is of the devil. So when you see somebody say all these new versions are of the devil, they are absolutely biblically correct. Listen to this. A Democrat, no such thing as a Democrat. That's a Christian, period. They're a vile, murderous people, period. There's no such thing as a person who votes to murder precious, innocent, unborn children. That is a Christian. That is a vile, demonic animal is what that is. Such as is the case of so-called Dr. Virginia Mollencott. Isn't this interesting? She was the assistant editor of so-called 17th century, that would be the 1600s, news from 1965 to 75 as a stylistic consultant for the New International Version of the Bible. For the American Bible Society, absolute corruption. Anytime you hear American Bible Society, call them out. It's absolutely corrupt. Virginia Mollicott was a member of the Translation Committee for the National Council of Churches, another absolute demonic organization. And she was involved in the translation of the New International Bible. Isn't that interesting? She is a lesbian. She's married to a woman named Judith Tilton. Unbelievable. Virginia Mollencott spent her 44-year professional career teaching college-level English literature and language, but developed specializations in feminist Jezebel. That's what feminism is, Jezebelian, rebellion against God's order, and ordained role for women. Specializations in feminist theology and lesbian, gay, bisexual, and transgender theology during the second half of that career. So this is what's at the root of these new versions. Another example would be, let's see, Dr. What is his name? His name is Dr. Frank Logston, who said he was a part of the NASV or B, New American Standard Bible or version. He was one of the so-called language scholars that agreed to translate the Bible and make it into this New American Standard Version, which we have today, this poisonous garbage. I'm going to show you three verses that demonstrate these Bibles are false, which you will be able to pull the rug, if you will, and upset anyone who comes to you proclaiming this version's more accurate and all of this garbage. Dr. Frank Logston the theologian and language scholar who led the translation of a New American Standard Version realized what was going on before the Lord. Obviously, he was truly born again and said, 
cried out and feared for his own soul, saying, I am in trouble with the Lord. And he even stated that he didn't know if he could be forgiven because he knew the warning of Revelation 22, 18 and 19. This man recanted his involvement in this filthy corruption called the New American Standard Version. Why did we need a, another Bible when we already have the perfect Word of God, the King James Bible? You know, it's funny. I always get people, oh, the King James isn't perfect. Really? Show me where it's corrupted. None of them are able to do it. Once in a while, you get somebody that comes up with this quote-unquote reason to disprove the King James Bible, and it's very simply disproven. But 99% of them can't demonstrate what they're saying. So when they're challenged, they just go away usually. Think about this for Take a step back. If you believe that God actually kept his word in Psalm 12, 6 and 7 and preserved his words to us in our generation, gave us a perfect Bible. We know it as the authorized version or the King James Bible. If we do have a perfect Bible, that means, wow, we have accountability, right? With the perfect word of God comes the accountability on a personal level to obey that word. But you see, because they do not want to submit themselves to God, they want to hide behind this fairy tale that we really don't have the word of God. I mean, you know, it's been translated so many times. That's a lie of the devil. We do have the word of God. God did keep his word and he gave it to us in the King James Bible. It's really not the King James Bible so much as it's the underlying manuscripts that all agree, the 98 percentile that the King James, the authorized version of the Bible comes from. You know, when you hear somebody say something like, well, a better translation would be, you know, you're dealing with a devil, period, because it was Satan that changed the word of God in the Garden of Eden, Genesis chapter two, verse 17, chapter three, verse one and four. You don't have a foundation in God or the knowledge of the scriptures, friend, until you study the book of Genesis, which is the book of origins, upon which the other 65 books rest. And right there in the first three chapters, the fall of man, chapter three, came from the lie of Satan, chapter three, verse one and four, where he changed the, what God had said in chapter two, verse 17. Are you taking notes today, friend? Are you going to actually go look at this? Or are you just going to believe me? I'm just a man. Genesis 2, 17, 3, 1, and 4. Write it down. Go look at it yourself. In fact, you might want to stop this audio and go look at it so that you have this knowledge and you're not just listening to somebody else talking. Study to show your own self approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth, 2 Timothy 2.15. So when you hear somebody referring to the King James Bible and saying something like, well, a better translation would be, you know the devil's talking right there. God got it right. He ordained 55 men to translate the King James Bible that were the most, by the way, they were the most qualified men ever assembled in any work of the Bible. Some of these guys knew numerous languages at ages like five years old or eight years old. It's, it's unbelievable when you study that out. So when you hear somebody say, well, a better translation would be, in other words, they're trying to manipulate you and to get you off what God really said, because they're basically saying, you know, the direct saying or underhandedly saying, God got it wrong here. That's not really what God meant. I mean, he didn't mean what he said, did he? That's the devil talking. And when you look at Genesis 2, 17 and 3, 1 and 4, you're going to know that and understand that. And you're going to walk forward in this life with greater discernment. If you don't go back and look at those three verses and understand what's going on there through prayer and studying the word and meditating on it, you're going to greatly 
forfeit discernment. And you're going to greatly lack discernment in dealing with things from this moment forward as pertains to the kingdom of God and the kingdom of darkness, light and darkness. So when somebody says something like that, well, a better translation would be, you know, you are dealing with a person who does not fear the Lord. They're arrogant. They believe they're wiser than God and they're not trusting the Lord. They're calling him a liar and saying he did not keep his word to preserve his word to every generation. So we're just left to guess, basically. So any version will do. You know, you also hear people say, well, I use several versions. Oh, aren't you a hero? No, you're a deceived individual is what you are because you're basically saying God is confused. And when I show you these three verses in a minute, how in the world can you truly be born again and give any credence to one of Satan's, obviously Satan's works? Why would you even want that garbage in your home? Please don't go give it away, burn it, or rip it up, because that's not the Word of God. It's the enemy of all souls, the enemy of the Lord Jesus Christ, attacking God. Yeah, attacking the Savior, Jesus Christ, that you claim to love, even though it's falsely claiming. You see, what you're doing is taking the name of the Lord your God and then you're claiming to love him, but your actions in your heart does not coincide. It's not congruent. I want to read something before we get to our three verses that is going to explode your ability to discern what a real Bible is and what a fake Bible is. And you're going to need that because Satan is throwing new Bible versions from every direction at you. And once you get this revelation of what the real Bible is, you're not even going to look any further because when you drive a Maserati, you're not interested or enticed to drive a Mazda. Just that simple. David J. Stewart writes, how much this is, watch where all of this is coming from here. There's so much to say on this topic, but watch this. How much, he says, do I have to change the word of God to obtain a copyright? Let me stop right here and say there's so many gullible people that think that just because you slap the words Holy Bible on a book that it's actually God's word. That's how gullible people are. Satan is a liar from the beginning, Jesus said, saints. John 8, 44. Some people act like Satan stopped lying. There's no new thing under the sun. Ecclesiastes 1, 9. Satan has not stopped lying and he never will until God puts him in the bottomless pit in the book of Revelation, I believe it's chapter 20. We need to embrace that reality and realize that there's a God who loves you and does not want you to perish and a devil who wants just the opposite. He hates you, he lies to you, and he wants you damned. He's come down with great wrath knowing that he has but a short time, Revelation 12, 12. And there you go. That's the foundational knowledge to realize why we got so many fake Bibles. Well, I like this version. That's normally a big red flag. Well, this is my Bible. I had a young guy do that to me one day. He'd been reading the NIV, and I started showing him these three verses I'm getting ready to show you, and he truly knew the Lord. He studied that. His mom had given him that, you know, 10 years before, and he studied that for 10 years, that NIV. But when he saw what that NIV really was, a fake Bible, and he saw that the King James Bible was the truth based on the fact that I said, I didn't argue with him. I don't argue with anybody. I just show them these verses. You can kind of see where they're really at in their heart when you do show them. This young man actually wanted the Lord. He feared the Lord. And he said, I am absolutely dumbfounded. He said, Todd, I ask you to help me right now. I want you to give me a ride to the Bible store so I can get a real Bible, a King James Bible. He was undone. Let me tell you, his jaw hit the ground like a ton of bricks. He saw, and you're going to see it too in a minute. You know, David J. Stewart writes concerning 
copyright registration and how you have to obtain it, he gives that law and then he says, in other words, if you want to publish your own new Bible version in order to receive legal copyright status, you would have to substantially, quote, unquote, change your work from any other work. And you must be creative, quote, unquote, another one of the legal terms, the unique changes. And then he says, I'll show you some of their satanic creativity in a moment. Since there are literally hundreds of copyrighted English Bible versions, they're all of the devil, he says. Any new Bible version are going to have to be butchered substantially and uniquely to qualify. My friend, he exhorts, this is the part I wanted to get to, David J. Stewart. My friend, you should be outraged and alarmed as I am if you love the Lord Jesus Christ. Literally anybody who wants to publish a new Bible version by law is forced to significantly change the word of God. Unbelievable. You see, it's the love of money. That's the root of all evil. All people have to do, two people or more, one or more, is say, wow, I want to get in on this greatest selling book of all times, the Bible. So let us create our own version. So let's change the word of God even more. Let's get these so-called scholars together and put together a committee. Listen, any satanic group can do that. And that's who's behind the whole thing is the devil. If you don't realize and you think it's out of bounds to say Satan is behind every change of the word of God, you don't have a foundational knowledge of anything in the Lord. Let me say it again. Genesis 2:17, chapter 3, 1 and 4. Take a look. So what words would have needed to be changed in the already preserved perfect word of God after the King James Bible? None. Absolutely none. God didn't need to be corrected. He did a work that he actually foretold he would do. Psalm 12, 6 and 7. The word of God for the English speaking people culminated exactly how he said it would. Purified seven times and came to be known as the authorized version of the King James Bible. It is said that the King James Bible Bible is the seventh in the lineage of English Bibles, beginning in the first century with the Gothic Bible, which is the root, the seed of the English language as it came to be. And King James Bible is the seventh. It was purified seven times in exact fulfillment of Psalm 12, verse 6 and 7, the promise of God. God's word needed no correction. It's total arrogance. It's garbage to say there's a better translation. Let me tell you, all of the best words in the English language were already taken. The second and now hundreds of new versions in the English language have come out. So they had to use the third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, and eighth best words and create terms to take the place of words. They took the word fornication, a King James Bible word, and made it sexual immorality. In other words, you define what sexual immorality is instead of the definitive divine word fornication. There's so much fallout to this, we couldn't even begin to touch the surface of it. The devil is a liar, saints, from the beginning. That's what Jesus told us. And he's behind all of these fake Bibles. Look, chapter 30, verse 5 and 6 of the book of Proverbs. Every word of God is pure. What does that mean? Meditate on that. Every word of God is pure. In other words, notice the word pure. If something is added to or taken away from it, it's no longer pure. It's corrupted. Every word of God is pure. We must take God at his word. 
and every word of God is pure. He is a shield unto them that put their trust in him, it says. Proverbs 30, verse 5 and 6. I want you to become intimately familiar with this passage. It's sister passage to Revelation 22, 18 and 19, which tells us that anyone who adds to or takes away from the word of God will receive the plagues of Revelation, which includes the lake of fire, and will have their name removed from the book of life. They're going to hell. Don't touch God's word, saints. Never participate in or with anyone or any work that has added to or taken away from his words. If you have that conviction from the word of God, you're no longer going to be able to dabble with fake Bibles, even when with this stupid idea as if God's confused. Well, I use several translations. Unbelievably ridiculous. That's delusional. God's not confused. 1 Corinthians 14.33. He's not the author and he has nothing to do with confusion. 1 Corinthians 14.33. So every word of God is pure. Proverbs 30, verse 5 and 6. He is a shield unto them that put their trust in him. Now, how can God protect you if you're not putting your trust in him based on what he said without the pollution of men? That's what we have in the King James Bible is a fulfillment of his word, his promise in Psalm 12, 6 and 7. Every word of God is pure. In other words, you know, we have PDF technology today. Why do people use, why do they PDF a document? Because they don't want anybody messing with it. They don't want anybody changing anything in it because then you corrupt it. You change the message when you change the words, period. So that's why we have PDF. See, think about it. Every word of God is pure. It's uncontaminated. That's why you must make sure that you are studying and reading and washing and filling your heart and mind every day by devouring the real, the pure words of God that have been purified seven times and preserved for you. And you're going to find that to be none other than the authorized version, the King James Bible, the three verses on how to discern a fake Bible and the true Bible coming up soon. Notice, add thou not unto his words, verse six, lest he reprove thee and thou be found a liar. Proverbs 30, verse five and six. And every liar is going to the lake of fire. Never participate in the changing or any work, any book or any belief of the changing of the word of God. It comes from one source. His name is Satan. And he has many evil committed human workers of iniquity. From the beginning, God told us never to diminish aught from his word. Deuteronomy chapter 4, verse 2. Don't ever diminish aught. Don't take away or add to. This is a major offense in the eyes of a holy God. We got it right there in Genesis 3. Actually, 2 and 3. Chapter 3, the questioning of the word of God, the changing of the word of God. We got God right here telling his own people again, as he did over and over, do not diminish aught from the word of God. Deuteronomy 4, verse 2. We've got him saying, you're going to be found a liar if you add to the word of God. Proverbs 30, verse 5 and 6. We've got him warning us that Satan is the author of confusion, not God, and that he's the father of lies from the beginning. And all the way at the end of the Bible of his word by divine design, he warns us again in verse 18 and 19. It's within the last four verses of the whole Bible. He says, I testify unto you, unto every man that heareth the words of the prophecy of this book. If any man shall add unto these things, God shall add unto him the plagues that are written in this book. Let me remind you that includes the lake of fire. Verse 19, if any man shall take away from the words of the book of this prophecy, God shall add, uh, shall take away his part out of the book of life. Your name's coming out of the book of life. You're going to hell. You're going to the lake of fire. If you participate in taking away or adding to the word of God and out of the holy city and from the things that are written, which are written in this book, do not 
participate, beloved. Here are the three verses that I want you to write down. I want you to memorize, and you're going to be able to help others realize the error that they've been led into with these new versions. Again, there's no reason to argue. Just show them these things. If they have and know the Lord, they're going to be convicted. Matthew 7, 21, completely removed from the new versions. That's your first of the three right there. Matthew 17, 21 which says, how be it this kind goeth not out but by prayer and fasting. Jesus, that's his words. He gave no man permission to remove them. So this kind of unbelief and devil will not come out but by prayer and fasting. He gave the body of Christ for the whole New Testament era the keys to overcoming the devil, prayer and fasting. So that's Matthew 17, 21, removed, completely blocked out. Romans 8, 1, chopped in half. The new versions tell us simply there is therefore now no condemnation to those which are in Christ Jesus. But the original, as is clearly seen in the Textus Receptus, says this, there is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. So they chopped that verse in half. Because Satan wants you, he's the author of once saved, always saved. That again is right there in chapter Genesis 2.17 and 3.4. Couldn't be any clearer. That's the origins of this fake, this false teaching of once saved, always saved. So Satan, as he would have it, wanted this chopped in half so that people believe, hey, I'm in Christ. I got saved when I was 12 years old. That's it. No, you got to be in Christ, but you also have to walk, not after the flesh, but after the spirit. In other words, you've got to abide. John 15, you got to remain in Christ or you're going to be cast into the fire. That's hell. John 15, 6. So let's review. So far, Matthew 17, 21, removed. So what you do, if somebody says, well, I like this verse, go straight to Matthew 17, 21 and ask them, did you know this verse was missing? And just show them the comparison. Matthew 17, 21. Next, go to Romans 8, 1 and show them that the, in this Bible they like, this false Bible, that Romans 8, 1 is chopped in half. Whether you understand the significance of that or not, doesn't matter. No man is to touch God's word. And we can see the fact that these things are being removed shows you that that's a corrupted, a contaminated, demonically contaminated fake Bible. Those things have been removed. All right. And number three, Colossians 1.14, they remove the blood. Some people act there's not significant differences in these Bible versions. They have no clue. They're in darkness. A lot of them want to stay there. They don't even care. But a true born again Christian who is my audience, specifically will be convicted when they see this. Notice Colossians 1.14 in the King James Bible says, in whom we have redemption. How did that redemption come? Through his blood. There it is. Even the forgiveness of sins. How did the forgiveness of sins come? Through his blood. Only exclusively through his blood. When he had by himself purged our sins, Hebrews chapter one, I believe it's verse two or three, Jesus single-handedly, the son of God from heaven, the only begotten son, by the way, that's another thing they removed from the new versions is the word begotten. Look up begotten, put that into the search box on safeguardyoursoul.com and you will see another major attack on the doctrine of Jesus Christ by the devil through the new versions. Jesus had to be begotten of the father in fulfillment of the messianic prophecies because God was his father, not a man. The only man in history born of a virgin. In other words, no man was the progenitor, the father 
of Jesus Christ. If he would have been, that Jesus couldn't be the Messiah because he would have had the, the blood of a contaminated fallen man in him. The blood comes from the man, scientifically. So in this case, Jesus had to be sinless. He was the word who was made flesh, impregnated a virgin, the father impregnated a virgin by his spirit. And Jesus was born in her womb with one father, God the Father. So Jesus had divine blood in his veins, and when he shed that blood on the cross, the altar of the cross, the Lamb of God, it was the perfect blood of God. And that's the only way that claims of the Father's justice could be satisfied to redeem mankind by the sinless blood of Jesus. Let's recap before we close, as we close, the three verses that you're going to know and you're going to memorize the references of and help people to understand and you yourself know how to discern a fake Bible. All you got to do when somebody says, well, I read the ESV, the English Standard Version, another complete laughable garbage corruption of the Word of God, just go to these three verses and show them, show yourself, first of all, and also or discern for yourself if that's a true Bible or a false Bible. Matthew 17, 21, it's missing in the new versions. It goes straight from verse 20 to 22. All right, Romans 8, 1, chopped in half. Colossians 1, 14, the blood is removed. Through his blood is removed. There is no remission of sins without the shedding of the blood of Jesus. Hebrews 9 22. So much to be said on this topic, friend. Thank you for listening. I encourage you to go to the Bible versions issue category on safeguardyoursoul.com and thank you for supporting this work. It's much needed. God bless you. Thank you for listening. We know according to Isaiah 55 11 that God's word never returns to him void, but always accomplishes what he sends it to accomplish in the lives of his beloved people. Please visit the Because You Care page on SafeguardYourSoul.com and find out how you can be a part of reaching tens of thousands of sand lost souls with God's Word. This ministry, Outreach for Christ, welcomes your support. Well, brothers and sisters, it's been a blessing to spend these moments with you in the Word of God. And remember, there's hundreds of more Christ-centered, scripture-rich, edifying podcasts on SafeguardYourSoul.com forward slash audios. There's also a store page with several many books on there for your edification in Christ. They're all scripture rich and Christ centered. Also tens of thousands of saints and sinners are being reached every month and your prayers are coveted for the fruitfulness and supply of this outreach. God be praised by the way for those who are supporting and feel free to visit our donate page on the site and you can use your debit card, PayPal or Patreon and you can become a monthly sustainer sustaining member if you choose to do so and a gift of any amount is so appreciated part of this outreach is to equip and supply other ministering disciples across our great country and all over the world and may god be praised that there's fruitfulness happening among his people and through his beloved saints as we know that the return of our lord jesus christ draws nigh and we say together in the words of Revelation 22. Even so, come Lord Jesus. Amen.